You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. But for me as a lyricist, it's it's a lot more fun to write about just like crazy, fantastical stuff that's out of this world and taking inspiration from, you know, media that I enjoy, whether it be a film or a video game or a series or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's very easy for me to draw from aspects of those things and put it into music. And then I really enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. Um, and, and kind of just painting a picture for the listener, you know, if, if people care enough to listen to the lyrics and, and listen to the words. Um, and if you're if you're also a nerd like me or any of the other guys in the bands, you'll you'll find an appreciation for that. And if not, you know, uh, then hopefully the music still works for you and, and you can get down with it anyway. So. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I'm very stoked to have them behind the podcast. Heavy Montreal have two massive shows coming through the Montreal area in the next few weeks. They have the tour to end all tours. That's right. Sabaton and Epica will be here on October 22nd at Place Belle in Laval. And there is also the Trivium Between the Barrier to Me, Whitechapel and Chemist Tour. That will be coming to Montreal on M. Tellus on Wednesday, October 26th. If you would like to get your tickets to either of these shows, head on over to their website, heavymontreal.com. I have put that link in the description of this podcast. I am going to be at these shows, so you most certainly should be as well. Come party with me and enjoy some metal in Montreal, presented by Heavy Montreal. It's going to be a blast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves video games, well, you should let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 370 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. If you would encourage one of your video game loving friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be joined by Dave Polensky of Volcandra. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 371. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Dave Polensky of Volcandra. Dave, how you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Very stoked to be with you. Uh, we met very briefly for one night when you were uh, filling in with Storm Ruler, and you came through Montreal back in uh, May, I want to say, of this year, 2022, and uh, we partied. It was fun. Fun. Devastation of the Nation. Just, just... Just a good, good night. You came to the after party. We were drinking lagas. It was, it was, it was a good night. <laughs> yes, the lagas. I remember. <laughs> the bartenders were not very happy with us, but oh no, they were. No, they definitely. Were. Shout out to Turbo House. 
the best. Uh, very cool place that I curate all their beers. Uh, I love it. It makes me very happy to do that for them. And they're wonderful people. Sergio Michelle, can't love you enough. And the rest of the staff, thank you so much. Let's jump into this. Uh, the shittiest question, the one that I like to start things off with. Uh, the one that we all sort of like to start things off with. How do, have you been coping with these glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, and hopefully not the rest of 2022? Well, I, I kind of have a, a long-winded answer for that, if that's okay with you. Uh, it's a podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, February of 2020, Volcandra put out our first record, uh, Into the Azure. Uh, we did a tour off of that. Uh, everything went exceptionally well. We came home feeling pretty good about ourselves. Uh, Steve Joe from Prosthetic hit us up and was like, hey, guys, love the new record. Sounds great. Uh, next time you guys do something, hit us up. Let us know. We want to work with you. We're like, all right, awesome, sick. Uh, and then like a week later, everything got shut down. Um, I ended up being furloughed from my job for a month and a half. Uh, I spent a lot of time at home with my girlfriend, uh, playing video games, uh, drinking cheap beer. Um, I got really well acquainted with Ham's 30 packs because, you know, you want to make, uh, the fewest trips to the grocery store as possible. So you have to get the most beer in one run. Uh, so I spent a lot of time doing that, uh, eventually went back to work. Uh, and then I ended up getting a, a hernia surgery that I'd been putting off for a couple of years because at this point it was like, really? Yes. Yes. Uh, and at, at that point it was like, okay, well everything shut down. I'm not going to miss anything by, uh, recovering from the surgery. So I got the surgery, uh, ended up getting really back into, uh, going to the gym, staying physically active. Because at that point, you don't have anything else to do. I'm just going to work, going to the gym, rinse, repeat. Uh, and I, I feel like I fell into a state of complacency at one point um, because, you know, you, you're locked up in your house. You're locked up at your job. Uh, and I started to wonder, like, do I do I still want to play music? You know, because like at this point it was like we we didn't know, you know, when this was going to end. And I, I, it was it was a fleeting thought. You know, I had second thoughts. Um, so, you know, the rest of 2020 passed. Um, and then in April of 2021, I got a call from, uh, Brian Kingsland from Nile and, uh, Brian and I met back in 2014. One of my older bands was on tour. One of his older bands was on tour. We played a couple days together. Uh, but he hit me up and he was like, Hey man, I have an opportunity for you. And this was around the time that he needed to take time off from the band, uh, because he had a newborn on the way. Um, so I tried out for Nile. Um, and yeah, I learned, uh, called the destruction on guitar. I learned all of Dallas Wade's vocal parts, tried out for the band, got pretty far into the audition process. Um, but obviously Scott Ames got the part over me, but I was told that I was the second pick, uh, for, you know, the audition and Scott got the part over me because, you know, he had experience touring overseas. He had, uh, uh, endorsements and all these connections and stuff. Um, but I, took that as a victory and as a reminder to, Hey, don't give up. You know, like that was like a kind of knock on the door. I'd be like, dude, like, okay, cool. We'll keep doing this. Um, and then, so let's see later on in 2021, I ended up filling in on bass for my buddy Frank's band soul devourment. They're a death metal band from the West coast. Uh, Frank also runs a record label called sewer route records, super cool guys. So that was my first step back into normality, I guess. So, you know, like, you know, oh, okay, I'm flying out to the West Coast, going to play some death metal. Fucking sick. So that was like a nice, like, all right, things are kind of getting back to normal. Um, 
then Volcandra, we, we recorded our EP, uh, Border World, put together our press kit, sent it to Prosthetic, and then Steve, Steve Joe was like, you know, guys, I was ready to hand you guys a contract two years ago. <laughs> so, so we were just, we were just stoked that he was still interested in us. Um, and then not long after that, I, you know, got a message from my friend Jesse McCoy about this band Storm Ruler that needed a fill-in guitar player for Devastation on the Nation. Um, and at first I was like, I don't know, man, I need to, I need to focus on Volcandra. We just signed this record contract. I don't want to get too overwhelmed with anything. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Um, and then I ended up meeting up those guys. I had never met anyone in Storm Ruler, uh, until we actually rehearsed the very first day. Awesome humans. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent dudes. And, you know, we toured the U S and Canada for six weeks and ended up becoming best buds. And then now we fast forward to here. Volcandra put out our new EP with Prosthetic, did a couple tours off of that. And now I'm talking to you. So uh, my my expectations for where music would take me and how involved I wanted to be with it got completely turned inside out within the span of, you know, from 2020 to 2022. And I'm I'm very grateful, you know, to be where I'm at now and where Volcandra is and, and what the future might hold for us from now on. So there, there's the long winded answer for you. Very exciting. Uh, what a trip and a massive shout out to, to Steve Joe prosthetic records for, for having a good ear and a good eye. As always, uh, he used to rep cryptopsy back when you're on century media. I met him back in 2008, uh, when we came through Wisconsin, I want to say, and it was, uh, it was nice to meet him and I haven't seen him since, but, uh, Shout out to Steve Joe for, for continuously finding new cool bands and keeping the music scene exciting. Uh, but it did for you to, to, to take that Nile victory as a way and as a sign to keep going. Because some people might have taken it the opposite. Well, I didn't get it. I suck. But that's a mature approach that you took there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think I think a lot of musicians probably have imposter syndrome. You know, you, you probably go through stints of time where you're like, not really sure of yourself. And I definitely feel that, you know, uh, on and off. Um, but that was again, a reminder to be like, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. Uh, what beer do you have on your side tonight that we're going to be sharing virtually Dave? So today I have a Citra ass down by against the grain brewery, a company that I work for myself. I'm restaurant manager for one of their restaurant locations. This is a double IPA brewed with Citra hops uh, it's 8.2 alcohol by volume. It's a very delicious beer. Uh, very dangerous beer. <laughs> if you have one too many, that'll creep up. It'll creep up on you really fast. We got it. We got it. That happens sometimes, and that's okay. But as long as you're responsible and understand your limits in the future, and you don't try to do it too often. Uh, love citra hops. Obviously, it's got that. I always say, it smells and tastes a bit farty. <laughs> <laughs> other people say cat piss is another one but i i love it on my side i'm drinking something special this is uh the brand new vox and hops collab that is getting distributed right now it was the festival beer for heavy montreal presents vox and hops brutal montreal that happened in early september of this year where dsi played cataclysm and in human condition it was just a killer time uh massive shout out to uh la Patskaya for creating this brew as vetli visepni four percent light Czech lager. I love it. I'm all about this beer uh, with the killer artwork from Philip Ivanovic. Obviously, love it to death. I'm going to crack this, and I would love to hear about your very first beer. 
Uh, my very first beer, I think I was probably like 19. Uh, I was hanging out at my buddy's band practice. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, breaking the law over here. Um, yeah, I was hanging out at my buddy's band practice, just kind of watching them play. And it, it ended up being a band I, I eventually joined. Uh, but I had a Budweiser. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was absolutely terrible. Uh, it, you know, you're like, why would anybody drink this? This is awful. And I, I, I remember immediately chasing it with water. I was just like, no, no, I've got to get the taste out of my mouth. I hated it. Because uh, at that point, I was I was more of a weed smoker. Um, you know, alcohol wasn't really my thing. Uh, but, you know, like like with all good things, you, you get an acquired taste. So absolutely. The first time I heard Cryptopsy, I was like, what the fuck are these vocals? <laughs> and that's a true story. Shout out to uh, Luke Orr for showing me Cryptopsy on the train back home from Montreal to two mansions. I don't know, 25 years ago, 20 years ago at this point. <laughs> this pours out gorgeously light. You can almost see through it. It's fucking gorgeous. They're killing it. Love it. Got the cereal on the nose. Cheers. Oh, it's light. So crushable. 4%. So I can have another one after this and uh, I'll be at the same level as you, which makes me happy. <laughs> but I'll have to pee more. Uh, Intercraft beer, the evolution from that Budweiser when you were watching your friends practice. Uh, talk to me about the evolution of getting into craft beer. You work at Against the Grain, which is a very cool brewery, actually. So to talk to me about that whole journey, please. Uh, yeah, uh, going back to that Budweiser, and I think it, my preference uh, for smoking weed at the time over over alcohol uh, I think my first, like the first beer that I like really got into, I couldn't tell you what brewery it was or what specific beer it was, but IPAs were, um, those were the beers that like stuck with me. Cause I was like, Oh, this kind of tastes like weed. Uh, yeah, I, and I don't know if yeah. this was the, the first beer that I had, but I remember having a beer called, uh, smells like a safety meeting. And I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, and, and then, you know. Uh, with craft beer, it's like you, know, you have all these cool labels and stuff. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I remember getting into Arrogant Bastard just because yeah. of like the the marketing behind those beers, and you have like the, the ABV the, is impressive too. Yeah, yeah, and the, the and the devil on the cover, and then you read like uh, you'll read the description of the beer, and it's like don't drink this beer. You're not you're not ready for this beer. You know, it's basically like like shit talking you. <laughs> um, so you know, uh, over time, I, I grew an appreciation. Uh, for craft beer, I'm I'm not super super heavy on on like the super heavy craft beers. Uh, these days, I like to drink just like lighter like lagers uh, more often than not. But every once in a while, I will treat myself to an IPA. Yeah, yeah, that that looks delicious. So it's all I think it's you're right on trend with with what hopheads have been doing. You start off heavy into the IPAs because the juice, the sweet, it's easy to drink a lot of them. And then you realize how much you suffer. <laughs> so we <laughs> reel right. it back in, and then we enjoy nice light brews such as this one. Yeah, you were, <laughs> you then, were talking about uh, learning your limits. Uh, you know, I think I might have learned the hard way <laughs> with some some of the heavier stuff. <laughs> I I still do sometimes. <laughs> um, classic question. Um, I would love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Yeah, so my parents were largely into like oldies you know just like old rock and roll from like 
the fifties and sixties. They like the Beatles and stuff like that. Um, and you know, while I could appreciate that music well enough, I, it, it never really clicked with me. I think what really clicked with me was one time I was on a road trip with my aunt and she popped in, uh, ACDC's Back in Black album, and I will, I will never forget hearing the bells to Hell's Bells, setting the tone, and then that fucking sick riff just comes in, you know, and like the hair stands up on the back of your neck, and that that is what clicked with me. Um, ACDC was like my favorite fucking band, still to this day is one of my favorite bands in the world. Um, so you know, I, I got into like classic rock, um, you know, bands like ACDC, Led Zeppelin. Deep Purple, um, and, and, and then it was just, you know, the snowball progression got into like Black Sabbath and uh, Iron Maiden, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Thrash Metal, Death Metal, Black Metal, etc., etc., etc. But it all started with ACDC. What, what was your parents' response to you getting into heavier music? Uh, they were very concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it, the concern really... Uh, started to kick in when I, when I got really into Metallica and then my, my dad being the, the kind of researcher that he is, he started, you know, looking up this, this Metallica band. And, uh, Dude, I think that's, he, that's very responsible of him. Oh, no, of course, of course. Very good parenting. But how, uh, how old were you at this point? Probably like, uh, 14 or 15. But yeah, he, he looked up, you know, Metallica and was like, why do, why do they go by the nickname Alcoholica? What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Their first album is called what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Metal up your ass. What? Kill them all. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone. <laughs> Were they, obviously, you like Godzilla. I know that's yeah. not watching this and is only listening to this. Behind him is multiple Godzilla statues <laughs> in, in various colors. Um, were they as, were meeting your parents, were they? Were they as careful and conscientious when it came to your cinematic um, experiences? Were they, were they making sure you were watching movies that were appropriate the same way that they were looking into Metallica? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mom and dad were, were keeping a close eye on, on what was on the TV for me as a kid. Um, but again, going back to my, my aunt and my uncle, uh, the same aunt and uncle that showed me CDC, I, they would show me like, you know, like horror films, like, like Evil really? Dead and, and yeah, like just all the, all the R-rated stuff. Your parents stuff are like, they did what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why did so, you watch? So, you know, I would see stuff like, you know, Alien and uh, like Terminator and, you know, the, the kind of stuff yes. that you're probably not supposed to see when you're like nine or ten years old. Yeah, exactly. I remember watching Alien around then and I was like, this is fucking scary, but it's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aliens was the first one I watched. Oh, oh very good. Very with that good. fucking scene there. When, when, ugh. So it's game over, man. But it's just <laughs> so Bill Paxton. Good. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a classic, man. I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah, me too, actually. (laughs) Okay, let's take a break and let's watch Aliens together instead. (laughs) Just the the rest Um, of the podcast will be a commentary over Aliens. We're just hanging out. Watch watch it takes off. It's the most, anyways. (laughs) New format, everyone. Um, Nice. Was there a band that was ever too much for your parents where where you weren't allowed? Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I wasn't allowed, but uh, I think by the time I got into like bands like Lamb of God, 
Uh, that was probably the first band I got into that had any sort of like guttural vocals. See who gives a fuck. That, yeah. that probably went yeah. over great. <laughs> yeah, that that really uh, that really sparked some concern with mom and dad. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I tried to explain to him. I was like, "No, he's singing about you know, he's singing about like the politics and, and the it's war." It's actually positive. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what it's, was it's, it? It's, uh, it's, 11, it's artistic expression. Yeah, eleventh hour is about you know combating alcoholism and stuff. So I you know, I, yeah. I tried, I really tried to convince them <laughs> <laughs> that, that what I was listening to wasn't total garbage. But by, by the way, like most Metallica is sober now, mom and dad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> How about your first shows? Did you go see ACD? Was he really the first one? Do you remember the first show you went to go see? Dude, I was I was really spoiled uh, with my first show. I got to see. Um, I, I'm not exactly entirely sure what year it was, but it was one of the Sounds of the Underground tours. I think it was like 2007, 2009, maybe. Um, but this was in Louisville before I actually moved up here. I, I lived in a small rural town in western Kentucky. So Louisville was like three and a half hours away. The show was behind Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is a notoriously haunted abandoned hospital that was built for uh, tuberculosis uh, patients. Um, so they, yeah, pretty <laughs> sick, right? Um, but anyway, I remember I remember being in line for this thing and uh, the fest wasn't very well organized. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll expand on this later, but I was waiting in line for a very, very long time. But I remember being able to hear goat whore um, while we're waiting in line and we're like me and my, my buddy we were just like so fucking stoked to get in there, you know? Um, so eventually we get in into the fest and, uh, I think darkest hour was just finishing their set. Um, and then after that it was behemoth, uh, job for cowboy shadows fall. Um, every time I die chimera hate breed, guar, and then lamb of God close the night out. Wow. Yeah. So I, yeah, I got. I was just kind of blown away by the whole experience. That was like every band back then. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah, all all the the heavy hitters. Yeah, this was right when Lamb of God put out like uh, Sacrament. Oh, so they were just mm. like on top of the mm. world. Um, and going back to how uh, how much the fest was in disarray, um, basically concessions were impossible to get to. So like, it was so hard to get water. Or, or any sort of beverage to stay hydrated. So eventually the staff members for this festival, they just got out like hoses, right? Oh, um, really? They, <laughs> they just started was it, it was it outside or was it inside? It was outside. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. So they're just spraying the crowd. Just spraying the crowd. And then it must have been they, hot as hell to them. Oh, yeah. It was like, a, it was over 100 degrees uh, easily. Um, so spraying the crowd with the hoses and then like the whole just like, area in front of the stage turned into this big mud pit <laughs> and so if you can imagine seeing guar and then like you're already covered in mud Fuck and yes. sweat and all this other debris and then and then on top of that you have all the fake blood and, and splatter and stuff all over you and i remember by the end of the 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 festival i was like i was so dehydrated i was like like coughing <laughs> like but i didn't care because it was oh. it it was this you know my first like metal show experience it was before covid so you could cough and it was okay <laughs> yeah it was it was perfectly normal at that point <laughs> that's amazing what a show that's awesome how about your first time on stage do you remember your first time on stage i do um so my metal band in high school i think we 
we rented out this uh, this community center uh, in, in our small town. It was a community center in, in the middle of this park. Um, it was us and, like, one other band. And, yeah, I think we rented out, like, a PA. And there was, like, a small stage that was basically con- consisted of, like, I don't know what it was. It was, like, blocks you, like, put together. It was, like, one of those, like, snap-together stages, yeah. I guess. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what it is, yeah. Yeah, for, like, small community events. Um yeah, and I remember we we promoted it around school, um, and my expectations were like, no one's going to come to this thing. But it, really? it, okay. it, it turned out it turned out to be pretty well. Uh, you know, people came out and had a good time. Um, and, and again, uh, I guess I have a long running history of filling in for other bands. I I filled in for the other band that played on bass, and I remember like the singer like the, on the, your first show. Yeah, yeah. You filled <laughs> so I, in on your first. Look at you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> working working overtime uh but yeah my metal band played i played guitar and, and sang and then yeah i filled in on bass on this other band and the singer for the other band like passed out in the middle of the set um so i guess it was so yeah, hot or because he yeah yeah i guess he was dehydrated or something uh so i guess dehydration is another running theme in <laughs> in, in this episode uh, but I remember it being like a really uh, rewarding experience. And I mean, it, for even on the small scale that it was, it was just like, OK, cool. Like you can book a show, promote it and people will show up. Imagine that. But I was going to say anyone that is listening, you know, sometimes you don't have to wait for someone to book you. You can put your own show on. And that's something that I did when I was young. And it was also a success. So, you know, young bands, if you're listening to this, uh, some don't necessarily wait to get put onto a big show. Put your own show on and push it. You, you have to push it. Though. You have to invite people and you have to talk about it and make all your friends come and their friends and make a party out of it. But uh, any show is a good show. And sometimes you don't have to wait and you can put it on yourself just like Dave did and I did. And I'm sure many other musicians have done throughout the many, many years of musicians being musicians. If you want to get something done, do it yourself. <laughs> Hell yes, because every show you learn like is like worth seven band practices. There's it's it's different. It's different, and you learn so much more. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hobsons? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Border World came out in June via prosthetic. Uh, you mentioned Steve Joe uh, was just waiting for you guys to be ready. Uh, finally, you were banger EP, just killing it. Um, I'm glad that you had like mentioned it to me when you came through with Storm Ruler, and then Jerry Monk, the Metal Architect, also sent it to me when it came out, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, I know that name." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, 
I think it's interesting, um, the thematic of it. You've spoken about it before, all about video games. Talk to me about your, your love of video games to the point where you want to do a whole album about it. Um, okay. Uh, I guess this goes back to when I first joined Volcandra, um, and I was, you know, presented with the task of writing lyrics. And at this point, like, I didn't, I didn't really know what lyrical direction I wanted to take with the band, but, uh, yeah, for our first record and I'll, I'll get into border world from here, but our first record, when, when we were writing that, I was playing a lot of Diablo two. Um, and so I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write about like what is currently on my brain right now, what I'm currently nerding out about. Um, and so there's a lot of that on the first record. There's, there's, there's songs about like, like, uh, movies, books, video games, um, but for, for border world, I was like, okay, we'll keep it a little more consistent. So every song is about a video game. Um, and, uh, I guess, I guess where the incentive to do this came from was, I guess a lot of metal bands and a lot of black metal bands specifically sing about doom and gloom, or they'll sing about all of the terrible things going on in the world. Um, and that's totally cool. You know, like I, I get that and I respect that, but for me as a lyricist, it's, it's a lot more fun to write about just like crazy, fantastical stuff that's out of this world and taking inspiration from, you know, media that I enjoy, whether it be a film or a video game or a series or whatever. Um, it's, it's very easy for me to draw from aspects of those things and put it into music. And then I really enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. Um, and, and kind of just painting a picture for the listener, you know, if, if people care enough to listen to the lyrics and, and listen to the words. Um, and if you're if you're also a nerd like me or any of the other guys in the bands, you'll you'll find an appreciation for that. And if not, you know, uh, then hopefully the music still works for you and, and you can get down with it anyway. So that's super interesting. So the other guys are also into video games, which is why I had a, was curious if you had to convince them. Like, no, no, trust me. This is really cool. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah like, I mean, dude, video games fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I'm pretty sure if all... I came to Cryptopsy with this thematic scheme that you'd put onto the EP, they would have some questions. <laughs> now nah, we're all we're all nerds to varying degrees, so um, I, I don't think anyone was was specifically concerned with it. And I don't, you know, I don't want to be like pigeonholed as like, oh, we're a video game metal band, but but currently. Who 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 else is there? Like who else writes about video? No one. I can't think oh, of anyone. Well, Storm Ruler. <laughs> a lot of their songs are based <laughs> off of like Dark Souls or uh, uh, like uh, Elder yeah. Scrolls stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's probably more than than you would think. Um, just some bands aren't so overt about it. But I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend that I'm not writing about video games. I'm not going to like try and tell you I'm some like prophetic guy singing about something else you know i'll just shoot it how cool would it be to do you do a festival and there's like video games there that people can play while you're playing oh there actually is uh really uh, there is this band called uh lords of the trident they're from wisconsin i think i've heard them yeah yeah they're they're a sick power metal band incredible but they hold they hold a festival every year uh it's called mad with power fest and um uh, again, another band I was filling in for, they're called Stagecoach Inferno. They're from Louisville. They're a Wild West-themed heavy metal band. Uh, I was playing guitar for them at this festival that they played. And so around the uh, 
the crowd area, there's a bunch of like gaming cabinets and stuff like old retro cabinets. And it, yeah, the whole thing is like, what, 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 in the pit though, can you, can you circle pit with the game cabinets while you're playing and nailing high scores? <laughs> uh, that would be, that would be excellent. But no, no, I don't think that I know these things are super expensive, so obviously not. No, but yeah. right. <laughs> that's <laughs> Maybe incredible. When, when, when VR is a lot more advanced, maybe oh, we can get to that point. Hey. Something to think about. What could what what could you be doing in VR that's sort of like a circle pit move? <laughs> I don't know. They'll figure it out one day. <laughs> um, how about just doing vocals and writing vocals for something that you didn't compose guitar for? Is that something that's new? But obviously, you you did the Into the Azure back in 2020 with them, where you were also just doing vocals, but. Being a guitarist and vocalist, I'm curious if it was different how you wrote vocals. Was it more freeing because you don't have to play guitar? And uh, is it different writing vocals for something that you didn't write the guitar to? Uh, yeah, it's it's completely different. Um, yeah, like you said, I am I'm used to writing vocals over guitar parts, and you know you can you can really only do so much. I mean, you could go all out, but that takes so much practice to, to lock everything in and only dave davidson <laughs> dude dude i i fucking love revocation <laughs> dave davidson is the shit uh huge fan but yeah uh i think what that boils down to is when you're when you're writing lyrics over guitar parts that you're also playing you have to pinpoint like what syllables fall on like what fret on you know on the fretboard so there is there's a lot of uh a lot of restrictions there. Interesting. Well, t t talk, talk to me more about that, because I, 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 I never heard anyone say that to me. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know, man. It's just a lot of like sitting down and, and playing the song over and over and over and over again until like it's second nature in your brain, and then and then figuring out what vocal patterns like work and what is not going to like get you tongue tied in the middle of it. Uh, it's it's honestly kind of a hard thing to explain, but it, it's just one of those like muscle memory things that you just have to cram into your skull over time. Uh, but yeah, when it, when it comes to Volcandra, um, it, it's honestly, it's a lot of fun writing for this band, writing lyrics for this band, because I, I do get to be a lot more free with the vocal cadences and how many lyrics are in the song. Like some of these songs have like so many lines of lyrics in them. And that ends up biting me in the ass too, because after certain songs, I'm like completely winded. But uh, it is a lot more fun because I do get to uh, elaborate and expand on a lot of the things that I want to describe in a song. Um, and uh, it's a lot more fun on stage, too, because, you know, you just kind of get to, you know, swing your fist around and and headbang and you're not you're not tied to a, a vocal mic or anything. Uh, so honestly, it, it's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy writing and performing in this band. It's a total blast. I think that's awesome. What about would, would be a perfect tour package for Volcandra to put you in front of the perfect crowd where everyone walks out that night and they are a brand new Volcandra fan. So let's say Volcandra and three bands, what three bands would really fit well and would be like a dream, basically the dream tour question. Okay. Um, this might be kind of like a basic answer because I'm going to pick some bigger bands, but it would be very, very sick to play with, Cannibal Corpse, Amonomarth, and Goat Whore. I think I think Volcander would fit exceptionally well 
uh, on a bill with those bands. And those bands are huge. So you're guaranteed a, a pretty decent crowd every night as the opener, I would imagine. And they're super fun on top of that. Something that I think is super important that we should really focus on and something I've been talking a lot about on recent podcasts is mental health. How do you cope with uh, when you're feeling down, what is your coping mechanism? Uh, what are your tactics to help bring yourself out of the dumps when you're feeling like shit? Um, I think the thing that works best for me is if if I'm just like not feeling good about myself, uh, one thing that always cures that for me is just going and exercising, uh, just going to the gym, uh, you know, listening to your favorite album, hitting the treadmill, lifting some weights. Um it's it's always a surefire thing. Every time I do that, I, I walk out and I feel a lot better about myself. I feel like I've accomplished something. Um, and I think what it boils down to is you can you can get bogged down with anxiety. You can worry about anything that's going on in the world or in your life, in your personal life. Um, but at least with with exercise and physical activity, you are in control of your body. You, you can control your health. Um, and, and your physical health coincides with your mental health. Um, so it's just a win-win overall. And, you know, it's, it's always something that is, is respectable. You know, I don't think anyone's going to look down on you for going and, and getting in better shape. Um, and you know, if, if you have some friends that are feeling down, uh, you know, take them with you, take them to the gym, you know, that's something you've done when you're worried about one of your friends and you, you call them up and you say, come, we're going to the gym now. You've done that. Um, I have on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time I do prefer to work, work out alone. It's easier for me to focus, but I mean, that's always a surefire thing. Um, yeah, you know, uh, being, including your friends in general in any sort of activity, you know, if they are feeling down, checking on your friends, telling, telling you that you love them, you know, uh, it's never too late. No, no. And we did this, you know, metalheads, we love each other. We should tell each other, hug your friends, uh, be in contact with those you love. Uh, there's nothing wrong about being sappy when you love someone. And uh, it's important. It's important for us to tell each other. And I don't care what anyone says about that. Um, beer collabs. Obviously, I love them. I have one right here. That's mine. Um, I know that you have one on your side. That's yours. So, so <laughs> let's talk about making beer collabs. I do. Uh, so this is a the Colossi Lager, also by Against the Grain. Uh, this was this was done in partnership with Volcandra. Uh, Against the Grain put this together for us for our our EP release earlier this year. Um, it's just a nice, refreshing, uh, light lager. Um, I think we're sitting at 4.5 alcohol by volume, so you can crush a few of these, and you won't be uh, you won't be knocked on your ass after after a couple. Um, it's the perfect beer to drink after you've finished a set because we all know that that's the most satisfying beer you can have. It really fucking is, and that's true. And I, <laughs> I've tried the like drinking on stage thing. Not like getting drunk, but like having a beer on stage, and it's it's either it gets knocked over or. I forget to drink it, but after the show, one of the best beers you can ever have. It's just amazing. So much fun. And I've always noticed like a beer on stage is like, yeah, like you said, you're either bound to knock it over or like I always end up going for the water instead because the the beer doesn't really help help your vocals all that much. It's a good idea in theory, but uh, no. 
It's better to wait after the set. Hydration, people. Keep those vocals hydrated. Very important. And beer actually dehydrates it, even though it is liquid and has a lot of water in it. Alcohol is actually horrible for your voice. And when you are dehydrated, the last thing to get rehydrated in your body, apparently, are your vocal cords. So, Oh, wow. Drink lots of water. Good to know. I have been told that. Um, I'm very lucky I have the podcast. Keeps me busy throughout this wonderful time we've been living in. Uh, Cryptopsy's only played a few shows, a handful of shows, two shows since the whole pandemic took off. Uh, so I'm very lucky that I have the podcast because right before I sit down here, I get the same sort of vibe feeling as if I was about to step on stage. Am I prepared enough? Am I ready? Are the internet gods going to be with us tonight? Um, it's how I've been filling the void of performing. Now, now you have been busy and have been playing a lot, but what what would be something that helped you get that same little vibe before you started touring again? Um, I think just staying creative really helps, um, whether it's just, you know, sitting down and, and just trying to put a song together. Like if you have like a riff in your head, you want to get it out um, or writing lyrics, um, just just any any sort of like uh, creative activity that just keeps keeps the juices going, you know, just keeps keeps the wheels in your head turning. I don't know. I think I think it's just really important to stay active with pushing your craft forward, whatever it may be, you know, whether it's playing guitar, playing drums, you know, writing lyrics, uh, brewing beer, uh, you know, um, it's it's important to never go stagnant. You know, Um, don't 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 just be a consumer, be a creator. Hmm. I like that. Back to Godzilla. Um, <laughs> talk to me about your love of Godzilla. What, 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 why Godzilla? And, uh, I, 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 there's other things up there I see behind you, but it's Godzilla that I see the most of. So, so that's why the question's going there. So talk to me about that. Why, why, why Godzilla? <laughs> um, well, again, going back to my aunt and uncle, uh, that was one of the, the many things I was introduced to at a young age. Um, and it, you know, not just Godzilla. I'm, I'm a huge fan of like, all sorts of uh, Japanese science fiction and fantasy. Um, a lot of it starts with with Godzilla, but I mean, shit, man, you have like Ultraman, Kamen Rider, uh, Gamera. The list goes on and on and on. The rabbit hole goes very, very deep. Um, and I'm just a I, I'm a lover of practical effects in movies. Um, mm-hmm. I I Focus. love yeah. I mean, if you if you have something on screen, in my opinion, it's it's always going to look more impressive. Or I'm sorry, if you have something on camera, it's always going to, going to look more impressive than uh, a CG generated image. So, uh, yeah, Japanese science fiction, that's that's my fucking bread and butter, man. Um, it's it's something that I can always come to as like a comfort food kind of thing. Um, and it's it's something that that continuously inspires me because it's it's just this very fantastical thing that has this this flair that uh, a lot of other media doesn't have. And, you know, not not, not to uh, downplay, you know, other films, you know, from other countries, but the Japanese, man, they there's something special about it. I don't know. Maybe it's nostalgia, but that's a huge thing for me. And I, I do love collecting. I love uh, I love the the art that goes into sculpting and painting figures and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's, it's nice to come home to a, a very sick collection. I, I also collect records and. And we have my girlfriend and I have a very extensive movie collection. I collect VHS tapes. Um, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I can I can take the, the phone around the whole apartment and show you all sorts of stuff. But but yeah, yeah. 
we like having cool stuff around. That's badass. When when is there going to be a Volcandra Japanese sci-fi film uh, thematic album coming? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I think uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this band. They're called Oxygen Destroyer. They're they're a death metal I band. Do oh. Yeah, they're on Redefining Darkness. I believe. I think they hold the reins to being the. Uh, the go-to band that that sings about you know giant monsters and stuff but you know there's there's plenty of other stuff you can dabble in i i will say uh on the first volcander record we do have a song it's called the weight of darkness and it's about a japanese science fiction film called yamato takeru which i the best way to describe that movie is like it's basically like clash of the titans if it were made in japan is the best way i can put it um it's fucking awesome it's a little obscure so it might be kind of hard to find um in the states it's called orochi the eight-headed dragon uh but yeah yamato takara is one of my all-time favorites um and has a big ass eight-headed dragon and a bunch of other crazy monsters in it uh it's a lot of fun it sounds like fun sounds like something i'll have to check out for sure oxen destroyer rule um one last question classic wrap-up question um it probably does happen to you sometimes because you mentioned that it does when you enjoy too many 8.2 percent uh, <laughs> citra packed ipas um so i'm, I'm curious uh, what is your hangover cure Ooh, my hangover cure um i think it it starts off with getting out of bed uh and then <laughs> immediately Step laying one. down on the couch uh and then rising on the couch for for at least a half an hour and then being like Okay, God, I got to drink some water. Okay, and then I drink some water. Uh, and then I probably order, like, a huge breakfast from somewhere. I get it, like, delivered. Um, eat that. Take a nap. Wake up. Feel slightly better. Uh, and then just kind of watch TV all day. And, yeah, I, I, I've tried so many different things, man. And everyone has their own, like, oh, well, you got to try this. You got to do this. And, like, I don't know. Like, there's never been, like, this, like, one surefire thing that, uh, that really cures a hangover. But... Um, with time comes wisdom and I've, I've come to find out that to help prevent a hangover, I try to, you know, towards the end of the night when I know that I'm reaching my limit, I'll try and switch out a beer for maybe just like a regular seltzer water, you know, like nice, nice Perrier. Uh, I like ahas. I like La, La Croix, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, cause a lot of it, is the oral fixation, you know, the carbonation. A hundred percent. And it's the, the social, the social action of it too. That's a wise, that's a wise move then. Liquid death too. They're, they're carbonated, uh, uh, waters you can get. Excellent. Absolutely. Wise words, Dave. I like that. Dave, <laughs> thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about life, music and craft beer. I had a blast. I hope you did as well. Everyone check out Border World. Brand new EP. It's a banger of an EP. You should check it out. Uh, came out via prosthetic in June. Dave, this was awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. Thank you so much, Matt. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this is an awesome conversation. I love when conversations such as these happen. When I bump into someone, we hit it off, and then I get encouraged to have a conversation with them afterwards from a publicist. I just love when that happens, and this was one of those instances. I really had a great time chatting with Dave. I really enjoy that new Volcandra EP. You should check it out if you haven't already. Massive cheers to Dave. I cannot wait to hang out with him again. I know that I'll see him soon. 
soon because he's always on tour with everyone. Hopefully it will be with Volcantra coming up here throughout Montreal soon, or I will see him when I'm down on tour as well. Massive cheers, Dave. Thank you so, so much for being a part of Vox and Hops. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can go on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. And you'll get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. And you'll also get to see which bands Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, the most extreme, the most fresh metal music in the world. You want to know what's happening in the music scene? You want to know what's happening underground? Well, the Brutal Awakenings playlist is what you want to be checking out. There is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. I'd hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent, me and an evergreen podcast. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I have one more episode coming up this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Hops heads. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little, little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast.